Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. If you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. Go with me to the book of John. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We'll have it on the screen for you this morning. We go to John chapter 4. Verse 6 says this, wearied by his long journey. Who was weary? Jesus was weary. Aren't you thankful that you serve a God that understands what you go through in this life? Aren't you glad that you serve a God that knows what it feels like to be tired and weary and exhausted and overwhelmed? He knows these feelings. He understands these feelings. It says this, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well, and he sent the disciples to the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman, this is a really key point. This is a scandalous moment. Jews and Samaritans, they didn't talk, let alone a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman alone at a well. And he said to her, give me a drink. Now, in 2023, this Jesus would get canceled real, real quick, okay? Because he's telling a woman to do something and, and not asking please. <laughs> she replied, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Welcome to week three of a series we're called Desperate. And today, if you're taking notes, I want you to entitle it Desperate Soul. Desperate Soul. We're gonna see how Jesus takes our desperate soul that needs to be filled. Can I get an amen? You need your soul filled today. And how he fills it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We value your truth. We value the wisdom that comes from your word. We lift it high above all circumstances. Holy Spirit, we ask you, come now. You're the one that reveals this truth. You're the one that reveals Jesus and his mercies and his grace to us. Fill us today with your presence, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Give it up for the worship team, somebody. Come on. Cut. <coughs> looking for a drink. Jesus said, give me a drink. But Jesus isn't talking about actual earthly water at this moment. Jesus never stopped at this well to get a drink of water, okay? Jesus actually took an alternative route that was taking them longer to get to where they were gonna go. Jesus was stopping at this well on purpose. He had a purpose in mind. He had a plan in mind. He knew why he was stopping there. And it reminds me of a verse that we find in Luke chapter 15, verse four. It says, once there was a shepherd. Who's the shepherd? It's Jesus. He's the great shepherd. Oh, you're not gonna make me work that hard today in Jesus' name, okay? Amen, all right, come on. We, you can say amen, yeah, that sounds good, Pastor Jeff, all right? Jesus, the good shepherd, 
And he had a hundred lambs, but one of the lambs wandered away and got lost. What is Jesus doing? He's on mission to find a lost lamb. He's on mission. We have a Samaritan woman that's lost. We have a people group that are lost. We have sheep that have wandered away and they need Jesus and his grace and his truth and his love and his mercy. They need Jesus. And this is what I love about Jesus. He knows exactly where to find her. He knows exactly the moment, the time that she would arrive at that well every day in the middle of the day, and we'll get to that later in the story, but Jesus knows exactly where to find her, just like he knows exactly where to find you and I when we are lost. And let me clarify something. In church life, when we hear this word lost, we always think and refer to people that are not in this room here today. People out in the community, friends, family, members that don't know Jesus. But here's the truth. I know a lot of believers, and I know that there's been seasons in my own journey with Jesus where I have been very, very lost in needing Jesus to come find me. Amen? We get lost. We get lost in sin. Right? Everybody's trying to define what, what is sin. Well, the word tells us a lot about sin. I mean, it talks about junk, drunkenness and jealousy and rage and anger and all kinds of things. But what, what is sin? It's just when the Lord goes, I don't want you to do that anymore. And you go, well, I, I really like doing that. Yeah. Right? We, we get lost in these things. You know, we get lost in selfishness. We get lost in hurtful, painful moments in our life when we're like, God, why did I go through that? What, what's going on? We get lost in mental health issues. We get lost in all kinds of different ways. But I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful that Jesus, the great shepherd, knows exactly where I am when I'm lost. He knows exactly where you are when you are lost, and he will come and he will find you. Come on. So he finds her and he says, give me a drink. So what is he looking for? He's looking for this. Jesus wanted the refreshing, satisfying pleasure of her devotion. Say that again. The refreshing, satisfying pleasure of her devotion. See, do you know that you have the ability to refresh Jesus? See, we come into, you know, Sunday morning, and we got a beautiful band, and they play wonderful music, and, and Megan with her beautiful voice. Can we get real loud for Megan and her beautiful voice? So, so Megan, Megan's up here, and she's singing, and the presence of God is here, and, and, and we think we're just here to experience this moment. No, 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 no. What we're really here to do is to join in with heaven. We're here to join in with the angels of heaven. We're here to join in with the chorus and the choirs of heaven and to bring honor to Jesus and to give him our life and our devotion. And when we do that, it refreshes Jesus. You have the ability to do that. This is why worship is not a spectator sport. Worship is something that you are a part of, that you actively join in and go, you know what, I have a terrible voice. And the Lord knows that Pastor Jeff has a terrible voice, okay? But you know what, I love Jesus. 
And I love him. And I love speaking his name and praising his name. Jesus is kind of like that person that has everything. We all know somebody like that. They have everything. Birthday comes around, like, what are we going to get them? They got everything. So you get them nothing because they have everything, right? So what, what do you give Jesus? Matthew 22, verse 37 says this. Jesus answered, love the Lord God with every passion of your heart. This is what you give Jesus. You give him everything. You love Jesus the same way you love the Bengals. You love Jesus the same way you love Ohio State. Because here's the truth. You freely give Ohio State your time, your energy, your money. You're like, take my money. And guess what? All they do is go ahead and break your heart, right? I mean, it's, it's New Year's and Eve night. We're all like, yeah, it's the new year. We're excited about the new year. And at the stroke of 12, their kicker misses a kick and breaks everybody's heart. What do you give Jesus? Give him that devotion. Give him devotion like that. Jesus went on and said, with all the energy of your being, Jesus is saying, don't give me the leftovers. Stop giving me leftovers. Give me the best. I gave you my best. This is what we give Jesus. All right, verse 10, John 4, verse 10. Jesus says this, if you only knew who I am, and man, we could preach a message just right there. If you only knew who was in the room here today, if you only knew, then you would go, oh God, this, this pain in my back. I'm not leaving today with that pain in my back because you paid for it, because you're here in the room. If you only knew who was in the room, you would say, God, I am going to choose forgiveness over what I feel because of your grace and your love for me. He said, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you what? Living water. Living water. Verse 11. Her response is typically our response. Jesus is talking about heart issues. Jesus is talking about the soul. Jesus is wanting to do a healing in her. But her response is, but sir, you don't even have a bucket. She's not getting it. There's these moments. Jesus, the God of the universe, is reaching out to us. And we're like, God, where's the bucket? God, look at the bucket of my life. Look at all the stuff. God, what's going on? God, can somebody please turn this off? I don't know why that's on, but it will make me cough. Please, somebody turn that off. We're, we're concerned with the bucket when Jesus is concerned with what? What's going on in your soul? We're, we're focused on things that he's not. Verse, verse 13. This is Jesus' answer. If you drink from this well, this water, you'll what? You'll be thirsty again. So what's Jesus talking about? He goes, listen, 
if you keep going to the well of the world, okay? Because the world goes, hey, come drink what we have. Okay? Come partake on what we have. And what does the world have? It just has sex, and it has money, and it has fame, and it has power. And the problem with these things, it never satisfies your soul. It never truly makes you happy. It never fulfills your heart. And you keep coming back to the well over and over and over again, wondering what's going on. Why am I not satisfied? But he said this, but if anybody drinks from the living water I give, they'll never be thirsty again. For when you drink the water I give, it, is be, it, is, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit flooding you with endless life. Because listen, the Holy Spirit has this ability to fill and satisfy your soul in moments that life doesn't make sense. The Holy Spirit has this ability to rise up in the darkest moments. The Holy Spirit has this ability when you have no joy and you have no peace to bring you peace that surpasses, the Bible says, your complete understanding. Jesus is talking about a different type of water. Point number two is this thirsty. Because verse 15, she replies this, let me drink that water. So what? So I'll never be thirsty again. That, that's what she says. Let me drink that water because I don't want to be thirsty again. And then she refers back to the well. Jesus is going, come on, get it. Flow with me. She, she's talking about the well. Jesus is talking about her heart. Jesus is talking about the things that she's thirsty for in this life. Let me ask you this question. What are some things in this life that you are thirsty for that never seems to refresh your soul? What are some things in this life that you are thirsty for that just never seems to refresh your soul? Like maybe you're thirsty like this. Maybe you're a hopeless romantic. Any hopeless romantics in the house? Bunch of liars. You bunch of liars. It's Valentine's Day. You're like, we're going to have the perfect day. You know, like it's going to be magical. <laughs> You're thirsty for that. You're thirsty for that next social media post, right? You, you just can't wait to post your last trip because you're so thirsty to be seen. In the depths of your heart, you're like, oh man, if I, if I could maybe just be an influencer. We're thirsty. We're thirsty for somebody to want us. We're thirsty for somebody to desire us. And can let, let me just speak to this. That doesn't mean you're single. Sometimes that happens in marriages all the time. We get so thirsty. We're thirsty for respect that you believe you deserve because you never got it growing up. You're thirsty for your shine. You're thirsty for your day. You're thirsty for your fame. You're thirsty for your fortune, your bag, your moment in the sun. You're thirsty to be right. We live in a time that nobody wants to forgive anymore. 
All we want is people to validate how we feel, validate our emotions, and we're thirsty to be right all the time. You're thirsty to make your dreams come alive outside of God's timing because you'll make them happen yourself. You're thirsty for that new, new. You're thirsty for that new Nespresso, that new car, that new home, that new job, that new phone, that new whatever your heart desires and wants. You're thirsty for the party. You're thirsty to relive the good old days. I heard the most disturbing news recently. There's this place down in Florida called The Villages, okay? I don't know if you ever heard of this place. It's kind of a, um, a place that people go and spend the latter years of their life. And, and, and somebody told me that this is like one of the number one hotbeds in Florida for STDs. And I was like, Jesus, help us. But we're thirsty. We're thirsty to climb the ladder. For what? For what's next? What's next in the next season of my life? I, 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 we're thirsty to get to the top. We're thirsty for that new moment, that new experience, hoping, hoping somehow it will refresh our soul. And so we climb the ladder of life. And we're hoping and believing that something will satisfy, something will refresh our soul. But we get to the top and we find out what? There's nothing there. There's nothing to satisfy. There's nothing to refresh. There's nothing to satisfy our soul. Remember what Jesus said. When you drink the water I give, this is different. And, and can I just be honest and real in here today? This is different than 90% of the churches out there. They won't preach this kind of message. They just want to make you happy. They just want to pat you on the butt and send you on home. This is, a, this is a different type of life. I, I'm not going to grow a big church that's an inch deep that doesn't know who they are in Jesus. Jesus, that is, that's not why he gave his life. Jesus said, when I give you the water that I give you, it becomes refreshing. What is Jesus talking about? He's saying, listen, he's talking about a joy that you can't buy. Amen, right? You can't buy this joy. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. The last seven days of my life have been a dumpster fire. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody, can I get an amen from anybody who knows what I'm kind of talking about? It's just been on fire. And you know, the last thing that my flesh wants is to come in this room and get alone with Jesus. But you know what my spirit needs is that. There is nothing like the moment when life is on fire and you come in to prayer to worship Jesus and he fills you with his joy that doesn't make sense for that moment, but you have a joy that bubbles up inside of you because you know that Jesus, the God of the universe, is in love with you. 
You can't buy that. You can only find it in Jesus. How about peace? Peace that you can't find. The peace that surpasses human reasoning and understanding. A peace that goes beyond anything that you can dream up. But it's a peace that comes from the Lord that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know that your shepherd is there and he is leading you to victory and you have a peace in your soul. This is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a grace that is not earned. It is a grace that is given because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. This is the life that Jesus wants and desires to fill and satisfy your soul. Verse 15, she said, give me that. I want that. I'll never be thirsty again. I don't have to come back to this well. Jesus says, go and get your husband. Go and get your husband and bring him back. She responds, I'm not married. Jesus says, that's true. <laughs> Jesus loves when we're true with him. I mean, I mean, if we put this in today's words, he'd go, ain't that the truth? <laughs> Do you know you don't have to fake it with Jesus? The more real, the more honest, the more truthful you are, the more grace you'll find. You don't have to hide. Adam and Eve, they thought they had to hide from the Lord. The Lord said, I'm, I'm here. Where are you? You don't have to hide from the Lord. You don't have to hide in your mistakes. Verse 18, the Lord says this, you've been married five times, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. You have told the truth. Point number three, man-made. Man-made. See, we live in a generation that is man-made. We live in a time that we go, I got this. I don't need any help. I don't need anybody. I don't need anything. I got this. I can do this. I can grind. I can do it on my own. We live in this man-made generation in this time, and it's bleeding. It's bleeding from culture into the church where even people in the church go, why do I need church? Why do I need to be a part of a community? Why do I need to, I can, I can have my own church. But can I remind you that the word says that your heart is wicked and your wicked heart can deceive you? Let me speak a truth to you today. You need church. You need a community. You need a pastor. You need to be in a small group. You need to be a part of a movement that is growing and actively seeking after Jesus. You need the house of the Lord. But we live in this generation that goes, I got this. God, I don't need you. I got my ladder. I got my own ways to satisfy my soul. I got my money. I got my trips. I got my stuff. There's a new song by Miley Cyrus called Flowers. And um, it's interesting because the devil will always use music to spread his agenda. And now, now listen, I'm just going to be, I want to I be authentic and real. I want you to know that, like, I, I don't listen to Caleb all day, every day, okay? All right? I mean, I just, 
I'm just being honest with you, okay? You know, um, you know, we had we had somebody years ago. They wrote to church and they said, "I would really appreciate it if you had more K-Love worship at your church." And I said, "I would really appreciate it if you would find another church that finds K-Love music at their church, okay? Because you're not gonna find it here, okay?" I'm not saying that I listen to worship all the time, but 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 I but I I recognize the voice. See, when when you follow Jesus over time, you start understanding the patterns of the enemy and how he works. Because he doesn't have any new tricks. He just keeps spinning his same web. I mean, it's you look all the way back to the beginning of time, generation, Noah's generation. And the Bible said, right before the coming of the Lord, which we're right there, y'all, okay? I mean, there's a thing that can scan your palm, Amazon palm. You wanna fight me that we're at the end days? Fight me, but I know what the word says. We're there. We're there. They want one order, y'all. It's coming. But guess what? Jesus is coming. You should be the most excited people in the world. Jesus is coming for his bride, his church, amen? But you hear the enemy's agenda. So let me read you some lyrics. I can buy myself flowers. Ah, <laughs> uh, just said no. I told you, there, listen, there's a reason I'm preaching today and I'm not singing, all right? <laughs> You're the worst, Adam. <laughs> he's recording it, he's gonna make a meme from it. He just wants, he just wants, look, he just wants to make fun of his pastor. That, that's all. She said, I can buy myself flowers. What, what is she saying? I don't need anybody. Self-made. I don't need anything. You, you want to know an attribute of the Antichrist? He is sexually fulfilling within himself. He doesn't need men, he doesn't need women. You can hear the voice of the enemy, right? Oh, I'm gonna get in trouble, I don't even care. It was the homosexual movement, then it was the transgender movement, and next it will be this movement. Trust me, I promise you, you can follow the enemy. You can follow his plan. <laughs> she said, I'll write my name in the sand. I don't need anybody. I got this on my own, my own terms, my own plan, my own timing, my own way. I got this. And, oh man, let me say this. It's not her saying this. Please, please hear this. We always blame it on these artists. They're just pawns that the enemy is using. This is the voice of hell, everybody. We're like, we can, I can buy myself flowers, you know? Like, it's catchy, right? <laughs> if this isn't the enemy, I don't know what it is. I can talk to myself for hours. Is that not the most narcissistic thing you've ever heard in your life? I don't need anybody else's opinion. I don't care what anybody else has to say. I'm right, and I'm always right. I'll just talk to myself and tell myself how right I am. I can take myself dancing, Here's a real good line right here. I can hold my own hand. How twisted is the enemy? <laughs> oh, 
This is why church matters. This is why what we're doing with your children matters. This is why youth group matters. This is why this matters. Come on. We're not playing games out here. The enemy's coming for your children.